What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast. Happy Thursday. It's Thursday, the 27th. It is Thursday Night Football. It's late tonight. Week 4 starts up. Vikings at the Rams. We're going to preview that a little bit more in depth with uh, Heath Cummings. Oh, but I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Right, sorry. Um, Heath Cummings, senior fantasy analyst for CBS Sports, is going to join us shortly to break down uh, what you need to know about Vikings-Rams. I'll give a little more detail about it. It's a good game. I mean, it could be a great game. The Rams are missing uh, Marcus Peters more than likely and definitely missing Aqib Tlaib. They'll have Brandon Cooks on offense. They'll have uh, Robert Woods, who's underrated, as we'll tell you. Jared Goff playing really well. It's a tough test. The Vikings defense, the line is nuts. The, the, to me, the the whole both lines of this game are crazy. Like The, the Rams are minus seven. That's a lot of points. And Joe Fortenball was on this podcast before the season and pointed out that teams going 1,500 miles or more and crossing two time zones after playing a Thursday, after playing a Sunday game and then going to play a Thursday game on the road are 1 and 12 straight up and 1 and 12 against the spread that the home team is 12 and 1. So you would in theory want to take the home team. The home team is the Rams here. They have looked like the best team in football through three weeks and, um, they're minus seven and the juice is going up. At minus 115, there is a theory floating out there that, um, the, that the, that the pros, so this is the public driving it, hammering the Rams, and the pros are waiting for seven and a half to pounce on that, and then we'll try and, you know, buy back, gobble up those half points and, and hit it at seven. Uh, if you like the Vikings in this game, take it on, on Thursday morning. Don't wait around till, till late at night because I could, I mean, look, it could go to seven and a half. I don't think it would go to eight, but it could certainly come back down to six and a half. The Vikings are a good football team. They lost to the Bills last week, but they're a good football team. I mean, you know, you can, um, they have Dalvin Cook, who's likely to play, it seems like. If not, Latavius Murray will fill in for him. The offensive line is questionable, but this is, Mike Zimmer's a very good coach. And maybe even an underrated coach, um, they have to bounce back from this. And I would be very surprised if they got blown out in LA. Now, could LA be up seven with, um, I don't know, four minutes to go in the fourth quarter and Todd Gurley rips off a 30 yard touchdown run and the Rams win by 14 after they intercept Kirk Cousins? Yeah, sure. I mean, that, that can happen. That's, it's gambling on sports and weird things happen, uh, when, when two teams play football, but, I've just come around to the idea I like to get in the plus seven, even though home teams are great on Thursday night, and even though the stats screams that the uh, the Rams should cover. If you're going to tease a game, this is a pretty good game to tease. You could theoretically do uh, Patriots and Rams, make the Rams minus one, Patriots minus a half a point. If you tease that, six points there. Um, could do Packers, too, do a 10-team tease, but then you cross zero with the Patriots and, and the Rams. So you don't really want to do that per se. Um, but But you get the point, like – I don't know. It's a lot of points. And the over-under, by the way, 49 and a half. Rams and Vikings are playing, and it's 49 and a half. thought these two teams had good defenses, and it's on a short week. It's curious. That's why That's why the, the seven doesn't make a ton of sense. Like, I mean, you know, are the, are the Rams really going to – is it going to be like 34-14? Because that's sort of what it's suggesting, right? I mean, something in, in that range, maybe not that much. But you, you get the point. Like, it's not going to be some – I don't know. If it's a high-scoring shootout, I like the Vikings getting seven. Um, so that's what I would roll with in this particular spot. I, I don't, a lot of people might put it in for the Super Contest picks. I'm not going to do that. Uh, we will let you know tomorrow on Friday if Pete Prisco and RJ, RJ White um, plug it in for their Super Contest picks. I know they're considering it, so it's on the table. Uh, and this seems like it might be the schedule going forward. Sunday night recap. 
Monday, uh, that's the Monday show. Tuesday show with Brady Quinn. Um, Wednesday show with Jason Lacanfora. Then we're going to have the Thursday show with Stephen O from Sportsline and Heath Cummings. And then Friday show with RJ, uh, Nick and, and Costo. So keep a lookout for that. Exciting. If you like the schedule, let me know. My DMs are open at Will Brinson on Twitter. Um, you can email me, willbrinson at gmail.com. And if you really like this podcast and want to do us a solid, and why wouldn't you? What you can do, my dear friends, is you can fire up your favorite app, maybe your Roku or your Amazon Fire, Apple TV, iPhone, Android phone, or just go to CBSSportsHQ.com and you can watch our all-new 24-7 streaming sports network. It's CBS Sports HQ. It cuts through the noise and it gives you news, highlights, expert analysis from all major sports so you can get smarter, faster. Um, we do this in particular. Sportsline airs on Saturday mornings from 11 to noon Eastern, gets you set up with all the best bets for college football coming up that day for noon kickoff. And then uh, FFT, Monday through Friday at noon. That's fantasy football today. Jamie, Dave, Heath, Nick Costos are going to break down. Pete Briscoe is on it too. Break down everything you need to know about the coming, you know, about way, like watch on Tuesday. It'll tell you who to pick up on your waiver wire. Go home at lunch, fire up your Apple TV, watch it then. Um, it's free. Did I mention that? No cable TV subscription required. All you got to have is a Roku, uh, Amazon, Apple TV, whatever. Go to the CBS Sports app or the CBS Sports HQ app and you can stream it anytime. It's for real sports fans who care about the data stats and what happened in the game. So make sure and check that out. All right. We'll get to Heath Cummings in just a second. Promise. First, we got to hit some news, just a little bit of news. There was some news happening in the NFL. There always is. Not a ton. Uh, the biggest piece of news, I think, I think this is huge, personally. Uh, huge, just tremendous piece of news. Well, it's not tremendous. It's terrible news, but it, it is huge news. Um, Joey Bosa, Chargers superstar pass rusher, is going to be out longer than expected and could miss half the season. The Chargers have been describing Bosa as week-to-week after they sat him out the first couple of games of the season. But Bosa told ESPN.com's Eric Williams, it's going to be a few more weeks, and then when that time comes, it's really one day at a time. Right now, we're really trying to prevent surgery, which is looking good as long as I take my time and do everything right. When I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go, and that will be around bye week or after the bye week, which means the Chargers might have to wait until November 4th until they get Joey Bosa back. That is an unmitigated disaster for the Chargers, whose defense has not been good so far. Um, Derwin J- they played some tough games, I get it, but you know, they did play the Bills and their defense still doesn't rate exactly highly. Um, Derwin James has been a really nice addition in, in terms of, uh, being a rookie in there, but the Chargers are 26 in DVOA. They fell from 17th to 26, uh, this past week. Um, they're 26 against the pass, 25th against it's the run. They're just not good. They're missing Joey Bosa. Their linebacking group uh, struggles. They've been dealing with I- injuries to the secondary. Of course, Jason Ferret tore his ACL uh, before the season. And the reality, and I, I would now add, if Joey Bosa is going to miss that much time, and I would add Phillip Rivers. I mentioned a list. I mentioned this list of quarterbacks. If I didn't, I'm going to talk to Heath about it. I, I'm really, I'm, I'm short on sleep here. Um, there's a group of quarterbacks, Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes, add Philip Rivers to that list. That's my 
It's my, 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 my fantasy five of quarterbacks that I want on my teams because their defenses, they're going to throw a bunch of defenses are not going to be good and they're going to put up huge stats and great offenses. That's important to consider as you move along. Uh, no one should be dropping Philip Rivers, <clears throat> Chris Towers in our fantasy football today league so you could keep Ryan Fitzpatrick. Shame on you, Chris Towers. Shame on you for sir, sir. Shame on you. Um, so big news with Bosa. He's going to miss a bunch of time. Uh, Rob Gronkowski had a had a thing that happened. His brother got on Twitter and claimed that Gronk was frustrated. And uh, Gronk said, um, here's what Chris said to WEEI. I just tell him by his emotions and his facial features that he's super frustrated with it, Chris said. You can see at the end of the game how the Lions ended the game double covering him, pressing him off the line. He just wants to get the ball in his hands and make plays. You can't do it when nobody else is getting open. He's not wrong. But you don't want your brother blasting the rest of the players. Uh, it's just super frustrating to watch. They've got to figure something out, Chris said. So Rob was asking what he said. I mean, I'm frustrated. Well, I mean, the frustration comes from the aspect of the losses. Just to get back on track of practicing, focusing on the Dolphins, doing what we've got to do out in the practice field and studying film. I mean, he doesn't speak for myself, and he knows he doesn't, Rob said. But he probably just got caught up a little bit. Just got to move on. Buy his ice shaker, I guess. And that's all. Wait, what? Chris is slinging some ice shaker or something, apparently. Uh, the point being, I guess, if you want to dive into it, is that Gronk, who got paid this offseason, is frustrated. Understandably so. Uh, we talked with Jason Lacafora on, on a Wednesday show about just how uh, concerning the Patriots situation is. It is concerning. It is a problem. You should be worried if you're a Patriots fan. They will get better, no doubt about it, but they don't look good. They don't have weapons on offense. Josh Gordon and Julian Edelman aren't going to storm through that door and magically make everything better. Now, things should improve, but if you're a Patriots fan, you should be worried. The Patriots offense is not good, and if you can double-team Gronk and force Chris Hogan and and Philip Dorsett to beat you, then you're going to have a good shot against the Patriots. That's why you have to like the the Dolphins' chances if Adam Gase can cook something up. It's a concerning situation with Gronk. I don't know why I'm so yelling about it. Uh, and LaShawn McCoy said he plan, sounds like he plans on playing in week four. There's also a bunch of Le'Veon Bell stuff, mostly stemming, no doubt, from Jason Lockenfor's discussion with us, uh, about the Bell thing. Go check that out. And the Brady Quinn, incredible Tim Tebow story. Really good podcast this week. So go check him out. We got a good one coming up with Heath Cummings as well. Uh, first, I need you to do me a favor. Go, don't, don't hit pause on your, on your podcast or anything, but go on your browser. NFL.com backslash pick six. You like football. You listen to a daily football podcast. In, I mean, just connecting the dots here. You have to love football. You like watching football. You don't want to always hear me tell you about football. You want to dive in a little bit yourself. There's nothing better for that than NFL Game Pass. The only way to watch every single game that's played each year. You could probably even go back and watch uh, Bum Phillips play some games way back in the day. Did you know that Dave Damashek, and I'm a celebrity endorser of this, of course, uh, Dave Damashek is uh, attempting to get son of Bum, Wade Phillips, to wear on Thursday night a uh, cowboy hat, 10-gallon cowboy hat like his dad did, cowboy boots and a big jacket on the sidelines. It would be awesome. Wade has said that he has to wear t- uh, team license apparel. Hopefully the NFL We'll cut him some slack and let him wear the stuff. Uh, but you can go watch Bum Phillips games or at least watch Wade Phillips games. We know that. Probably go watch him coach for the Cowboys. And you should do that. You can watch condensed broadcast, all 22, everything, the whole shebang. It's great to have NFL.com slash pick six. Go get your free seven-day trial and let's go talk to Heath Cummings. All right, Heath, heading into the weekend. This is the Thursday show. Which means, oh, good, we could talk about the Thursday night game. Sometimes when you record ahead of time, you can't talk about the Thursday night game. Um, 
I am curious what your thoughts are vis-a-vis Dalvin Cook, understanding that we were recording this on Wednesday afternoon. Um, I tend to think that the Vikings held him out on purpose against Buffalo, knowing that they needed him at 100% against Los Angeles. That seems greedy, but it does seem like something a confident, cocky guy like Mike Zimmer might consider. Well, it kind of seems similar to what the Jags did with Leonard Fournette. I I think the same thing. I think he could have played last week. I thought that too. And then earlier in the week, some of the things Dalvin Cook was saying, it didn't sound like he was going to play. The fact that he's practicing now, I'm slightly more encouraged. Listen, if he plays, the Rams are a very, very good defense, but they're kind of a funnel defense. They've given up five yards per carry this year. They're over four yards per carry last year. They don't mind if you want to ground and pound in between the 20s. If Dalvin Cook is active for this game, he's most likely going to be in my lineup. Yeah, I agree. And they're, by the way, they're 26th. Um, in terms of rush defense and DVOA, despite being the number eight defense and, and last week the number three defense and number two in pass defense. And interestingly, it, I mean, Marcus Peters and Akeem Talib not going to play. Th- that's what makes this line so funky. Like the Vikings are plus seven, which is not, if, if, it, if the Rams are minus three, I would love the Rams, but Rams minus seven without their top two cornerbacks against a team with uh, Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen that got embarrassed four days ago with Dalvin Cook theoretically being healthy. I, this it is a very stinky game, right? Oh, yeah. I don't like anything about it. Like, even the over-under, I think, was 50 last time I saw yeah, it. Yeah, it's like 49 and a half. Like, what? Like That how? number's way too big for the Rams and the Vikings, and also maybe too low for a game where the Rams don't have their top two corners. So, yes, this, this game is... Really just silly when you look at the projections part of it. Um, is it is it too late to buy low on anybody in the Los Angeles offense? Because Robert Woods, prior to his blow up last week, was a very good buy low. Um, I thought because he'd been targeted a bunch, but they really he and Jared Goff hadn't connected on some passes. I actually had Jared Goff available in a league where I picked him up this week that I was really surprised on. He's putting up huge numbers, and he looks like not just like he's a byproduct of the system and the guys around him. He looks like he's moving into that upper echelon of of second tier, like not not elite, but second tier quarterbacks. Well, and it's it's something I talked about. He changed our perception, I think, in a bad way last year. Not about him but about young quarterbacks with new offensive coordinators. The conventional wisdom used to be a young quarterback gets a new system. That's a bad thing in year Mm. one, and he was awesome in year one, and we kind of disregard the idea that maybe he's going to be even better this year because when you look at it from a projection standpoint, they don't throw the ball very much. He's kind of a low-volume passer, and you have to be wildly efficient to be good in fantasy with that type of volume, and he has been so far. I still think... People don't buy Robert Woods as a must-start wide receiver. Yeah, he is. He just is. He absolutely is. You look at what he was last year before he got hurt. You look at what he's been so far this year. It's 9, 10 targets every single week. The touchdowns are going to be noisy, and there will be weeks where he gives you 60 yards and no score, and you feel disappointed. But Robert Woods is a must-start wide receiver. Yeah, Jared Goff, 101 passing attempts this year. That's that's, that's crazy. He's completing 70% of his passes, though. Six touchdowns, two interceptions, uh, averaging 313.7 yards per game. They played some bad defenses. I think it'll be tougher sledding on Thursday night, and I think they'll try and lean on Todd Gurley as best they can. Um, but, man, I mean, like, he's just he's just good. I, it, it's interesting. I remember two conversations that you guys had on the Fantasy Football Today podcast, which people should subscribe to if they aren't already doing that. Um, Adam Azer. Dave Richard, J.B. Eisenberg, and of course he threw a fantastic job on that show, Chris Towers as well. Um, but one was Azer and Jamie and Dave had me on after I took Brandon Cooks early in a, in a mock draft and like, 
I was I was driving my son to a baseball game and to to a Durham Bulls game, and they made me hop on the podcast. It was the only time they had available. I I, I don't think you were doing it that day, but right. they they blasted me for drafting Brandon Cooks and said he was like like he was going to be a bust. He was overrated. And then I remember you guys had a discussion. It's like maybe none of the Rams wide receivers can be good because there are too many good ones. But is it possible they're just all valuable? Well, the key, and there's been a change this year. The key is they have completely taken the tight end out of the game plan. Yeah, They've thrown eight passes to their tight ends in three games. Two of them combined, they only got four each. And Todd Gurley's target percentage has gone way down. They've concentrated their targets on those three wide receivers. And if that continues, yeah, it's weird to think three receivers can all be top 25 guys. In fact, I made jokes about how all three of them were in the top 25 in ADP at one point. because that But, 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 golf, but golf wasn't, and it was it's so weird, right? right? Yeah. No, but, but if they're going to concentrate their targets like that and you're going to see 27 to 30 targets every week going to those receivers and they're evenly distributed, then they can absolutely be all this good. All right. So stick, ride out Robert Woods. If you could, people might, people might think they're selling high on Robert Woods too. I mean, like you could go out and get Robert Woods and people might think, all right, he's scored a couple touchdowns. He's a former Bills guy who's not that great. Go buy him. Go yeah, buy him if, sure. you, if you can. And the same with Brandon Cook. So I don't think is buyable at this point, probably. No, it's it's the same thing for three years in a row now. We say Brandon Cooks is not going to be a top 12 wide receiver. He's probably more like a number two, and then he's a top 12 wide receiver. Like nobody likes him, but he puts up monster stats every year. Like He's been he's been kicked to the curb by Bill Belichick and Sean Payton, but what do you know? Um, Diggs and Thielen must start as well, I assume, right? Absolutely, 100%. I think it'll be a nice bounce back for Diggs. And what we've seen so far, it's been tough for him from time to time because Minnesota cannot protect Kirk Cousins. That, that offensive line is a serious, serious issue. And the other thing is teams put their best corner on him. So Adam Thielen's running all these short routes with a slot corner on him, and he's open and Cousins is finding him. I don't think it will be hard for Diggs to get open in this game without two of the top corners for the Rams. All right, so keep an eye on the injury reports as you're listening to this throughout the day on um, on uh, on Thursday when you're listening to this. And, and, you know, be advised. Like if Dalvin Cook, you know, Pay attention to your lineups. Know where you got Dalvin Cook. Know when to start him and know when to sit him. Um, you met, you tweeted something out on Tuesday night, uh, ahead of, what, what, did, what did you call it? The week one, the, the waiver slog or like the. Oh, the, at Tuesday nights for me. I've, it's I've horrible. Got, yeah. I think I have 19 leagues where I have to do waivers and it's like an hour, hour and a half process. At and least. It's really not fun. Like it's the least fun part of fantasy football for me. And I understand it's probably not for people that only have to do it for one or two leagues, but yeah, what I said was, Good players are going to be dropped tonight. Mm-hmm. Don't be the guy doing that. And more importantly, pay attention to who's available on Wednesday and Thursday because a lot of people go and do that waiver slog on Tuesday and they don't look at their team again until they set their lineup on Thursday afternoon or Sunday morning. You can find some pretty good buys after those Tuesday drops. Well, and one of the other things that I like to look at too, like in a, especially in a deeper league, if I've got a good record, I'm not going to just put a bunch of waivers in to put a waiver in because if somebody good does get dropped, they get put back on waivers and you get moved up to the top of the totem pole because everybody else is claiming it. So if you have a good team and you don't really have a need per se, moving forward with these bye weeks, don't feel like you have to put in a waiver claim on Tuesday night. You could get bumped to the front of the order and grab, I don't know, Derrick Henry. He's a guy that I saw dropped in three or four leagues that I'm in. I'm going to put in a claim for him because – I think that if something happens to Deion Lewis, which is not outrageous, and the Titans can get past this tougher stretch of their schedule, that Derrick Henry could be the monster that we hoped he could be. Now, is he going to disappoint me year after year after year, just like I did my father in college? Probably, Heath. That's probably what's going to happen. But I'm willing to take the gamble if somebody's dropping uh, you know, a guy that they invested a second, third, fourth, fifth-round pick in in Derrick Henry. 
Absolutely. And that's the thing to remember when you're looking for these guys. It's it's probably not going to be somebody that's been good so far. Right, <laughs> right, right. That's the right, reason yeah. they're getting dropped. You were buying at the lowest possible point. They're being dropped. Yeah, there have been other running backs a lot like that. Jamal Williams is a guy I saw dropped in a couple of leagues. Alfred Morris has been dropped in a couple of leagues because it's C.J. Beathard and they're going to be awful. The thing is, I, I am 100% of the belief that Matt Breida is better than Alfred Morris. Matt Breida also has a hyperextended knee right now. Mm. And Alfred Morris has been fairly valuable sharing carries with Breida. C.J. Beathard last year in six games when he was a starter, 50 targets for Carlos Hyde. Wow. Whoever the running back is for that team is going to get peppered with targets because he is like the poor man's Alex Smith. Wow. And Breida is a much better pass catching back than Alfred Morris, who has never, never been a great pass catching back dating back to this type of who, I mean, what else? I mean, that's, that's interesting. So that's, those are names to watch. What is the, what are some of the, uh, more surprising names you saw dropped in some of your leagues? Cause I, like, what my process is on, and this is weird. Like I told you, my son woke me up at two in the morning. I was sort of up to one anyway, doing waiver stuff and writing my quarterback rankings piece and trying to work on my picks. Um, so like I woke up around two and I started checking, like, you know, you wake up and you reach for my phone. I start checking my email. I'm like, well, I'm going to make some ad and drop, ad drops while I'm up. Um, and, uh, and, but like, yeah, my first, my process is I go through the waiver, like the actual waiver email that shows me who was dropped. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. That guy was dropped. I'm surprised uh, that person was dropped. I'm not going to name a guy that surprised me in a league that we share, uh, but but I will say that Derrick Henry was the was sort of one of the names that I kept seeing. Who else surprised you? Yeah, definitely Williams, definitely Morris, uh, and then the rookies. And mm. it's been a bad start for this rookie yeah. class. But it's not been a very good start for Peyton Barber. And Ronald Jones is still far more explosive than he is. I don't know what it is that Dirk Cutter wants Ronald Jones to figure out. It may be how to catch a football or how to block. But if he figures one of those two things out, he definitely has some value in the second half of the season. So Penny and Jones are two guys that I'm looking to pick up and stash that have been dropped in the last week or two. That's a great point. Um, I think back, and sometimes these old school football dudes, which there are many of them in, you know, in, in the coaching ranks, um, I think back to David Johnson's first year in 2015 when Pete Prisco told us coming in, they were like, this, they love this kid. Bruce Arians loves this kid. Steve Kime loves this kid. They want to get him some run. Well, David Johnson from, I don't know, September the 13th through October the, through November the 29th had 35 total carries. I dropped him in a league. He comes in and then down the stretch, he finishes in the final five games, 90 carries, 442 yards, and he won a bunch of people some leagues. This is why you want to be judicious with your waiver claims, with being patient with your guys, because Ronald Jones, if he takes over the Bucks job, and he gets it full time, he could be a monster. If Chris Carson gets hurt because of his physical violent running style and Rashad Penny takes over and it clicks, he could be good too, right? Absolutely. And then as far as receivers go, Corey Davis is the most common name I saw. Mm, yeah. And I still have a soft spot for the talent so of Corey I. Davis. It would be nice if at some point this season we get to see him with a quarterback who can feel his fingers or not blame Gabbert. <laughs> And I still think there's breakout potential there. So I'd rather have him at the end of my bench than I would somebody like Jordy Nelson who just went off last week. Cause I don't think that was real from Jordy. Uh, no, it was not real. He wasn't covered. Did you I mean like I, I went back and watched that Miami and Oakland game? Like he wasn't, it was too, and this would be interesting too to watch, um, for the, uh, for purposes of the Patriots this coming week. If you watch the way that they utilize Jordy uh, on that offense, they put him in like inside bunch slot type of things. 
and then had him run up the middle and then cut up, and the linebackers got very confused. So they basically ran coverage or they ran routes away from Xavier Howard to try and you know get guys open in the middle, and it worked out really well for Jordy. Um, that's something to keep an eye on if you're starting a Patriots player because people are going to be fading the Patriots offense. They don't like it. I could see Chris Hogan dissecting the middle of that defense. Um, one guy that I was really surprised that didn't get picked up, uh, Heath, Vance McDonald. After he stole Chris Conti's soul on Monday night, I thought he was going to be a popular ad. And he, you know, he just like, um, I think, you know, bumped up to like, you know, in the, in the, maybe in the like high, high 40 or like in the 40s or 50s in terms of ownership, which is puts him on the top of the most added list on roster trends. I thought that number would go much higher because he, I mean, he just dominated Jesse James in terms of production in that game. Yeah. The problem is the other name you said in that Jesse James. Mm did the exact same thing almost the week before. That's and fair. I think people just like Jesse James is still going to be involved. I, I like Vance McDonald a lot. I'd love to see him stay healthy for an entire season. I do think he's a good ad if you're weak at tight end and like 90% of the teams are weak at tight end. I don't know specifically this week how comfortable you're going to be starting him against the Ravens. Mm, indeed. I actually saw, uh, what do you think about Tariq Cohen? He's a name that got dropped a lot. And Duke Johnson, those are the two guys that along with Rashad Penny and Ronald Jones, in leagues where I went wide receiver heavy early and I'm trying to play the zero running back technique but maybe didn't get everybody I wanted, those are guys that are piquing my interest in terms of looking at the waiver wire. Maybe I got an extra like wide receiver on the back end. Like I would rather if I don't if I have stud wide receivers and running backs that are questionable, I'd rather roster um, one of those guys, or even Nick Chubb, who's been dropped by a bunch of people this week. Um, I'd rather roster one of those guys than like a Michael Gallup or an Anthony Miller. Absolutely. And I, I Chubb is should have been right there with Penny and Jones in that same conversation because sure. we know Carlos Hyde's injury history. I'm a, I have an interest in Tariq Cohen. I don't understand what's happened with Duke Johnson. They talked him up in the preseason. He is an extremely talented player, and he's getting nothing. It's crazy. Just no looks in this office. I don't, I don't know if it has something to do with the way Haley views him, but I don't really expect the checkdowns to increase with Baker Mayfield under center. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, he did have, I didn't see, did he have the two catches for 24 yards? I mean, he has, he has freaking like 9.3 fantasy points in three games. It's crazy. Um, I will say that for the long haul purposes, uh, look at week 10. He does get the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I am sure you have noticed. I'm sure you will be playing. Uh, Gio Bernard this week in some daily fantasy leagues. I will be playing Gio Bernard. I know you're hashtag team Gio. 20, no, uh, excuse me, 29 catches by running backs in the last two weeks against the Atlanta Falcons defense. North Turner and the Panthers centered their attack on Christian McCaffrey short. Sean Payton and Drew Brees centered their attack on Alvin Kamara short. I kind of anticipate the same thing with Gio. It makes too much sense. And this is not a new thing. This is not some small sample size. They were not very good last year. They were terrible two years ago. I think this is, again, one of those final situations where they're just perfectly fine with you throwing the ball to your running back. Gio's very good in that situation. He's going to be a monster this week. He's top five or six for me, Dave, and Jamie. Everybody's wow. team Gio this week. Wow. Oh, so maybe is this a Gio fade in, in the DFS GVP situation? I, I can't bring myself to do it. Um, are you pleased with how – I mean, you're not pleased Joe Mixon is hurt, obviously, but are you pleased that the Gio thing uh, has, has worked out in your favor? Because you feel you have to feel some vindication. I just wish that somehow Gio Bernard could get 12 to 15 touches per week in an offense. Yeah. It should be on the Bengals. It should have been the last five years on the Bengals because every time it happens, he produces. Gio Bernard, have I ever told you about the worst beat of my life? No. Um, so not fantasy beat, just like gambling beat. Um, NC State, 
playing Carolina, and I'm an NC State guy. You know, obviously Carolina's big rivalry game. Uh, Mike yeah. Glennon, um, their NC State is a seven and a half point underdog to Carolina in Chapel Hill. Uh, everybody bets on state plus seven and a half. It's like, we're going to keep this within a touchdown. And we're, we're NC State's winning the whole time. 14, 15 seconds left. Tom O'Brien decides to punt the ball to Gio Bernard. Gio houses it to go up and we're like, oh, everyone's like, oh my God, oh my God. All right, all right. We're at least going to cover. They botch the snap and the guy runs an end around and sprints in the end zone for a two point conversion. Carolina wins by eight and everybody's just doing the Mr. Crab thing where you spin and don't know what the hell is going on. So Gio Bernard, soft spot in my heart. Um, I, I, I am a big Gio guy. I think he's, a, I think he's a very good player and underrated as well though. Um, when you look elsewhere in, Daily fantasy or even, you know, even regular fantasy, but like stacks that might be interesting. Who's catching your eye insofar as like a good matchup on the Sunday slate? Because we don't have a Kansas City matchup this week, uh, to, to exploit with the case Keenum Emmanuel Sanders. That's on the Monday night. Um, and then Raven Steelers, of course, Sunday night as well. Uh, anybody catch your eye in terms of the Sunday slate? I'll give three that I'm going to play a lot that I think may be a little chalky and then three others that are maybe okay. a little right bit on. more contrarian. Uh, you can't, I, I, if you're in a build, max enter a GPP and play 150 lineups, a lot of them need to be Saints. Like, this Giants team is okay. Their defense is not bad. It doesn't matter against the Saints. And, and again, this is another team with concentrated targets, and that's huge in fantasy. You're going to see Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara get 45 to 50% of the team's targets. It's very, it's not easy because of price, but it's very easy to know who to play in that lineup. And, and I think Ben Watson, a sneaky tight end to play this week. Mm. He was good last week. I almost wish he hadn't been. The Giants, terrible last year against tight ends. So far this year, if you just look at the numbers, it looks like they're better. But you have to go back. Austin Safarian Jenkins had the called back touchdown. Niles Paul had the dropped touchdown. Last week they played the Texans, who refused to just use one tight end. <laughs> but their three tight ends went over 100 yards combined wow. against the Giants. They're still bad against tight ends. Drew Brees will take advantage of that. I think the Bengals will be popular because of their price point. You can sure. play Andy Dalton, Geo, Tyler Boyd. I like Tyler Eifert quite a bit this week. Mm. Also, the Chargers against San Francisco, that team is going to just get crushed this week. Their spirits are crushed, and a uh, good opportunity for Rivers, Keenan Allen, Melvin Gordon. The, the more contrarian options this week, you said people were going to be down on the Patriots. Nobody's down on the Patriots. Really? Everybody's just acting like it's the Patriots. You can't doubt the Patriots. It's true. It's true. You know, there have been a disturbing lack of heaters, like hot takes out there of people screaming like, this is the end of the dynasty. It's like everybody got so burnt in 2014. They're scared to get scared to put their name to something in 2017, 2018. Thank God for, for old takes exposed out there. You know, like you, if you put your name on something like that now, you're not just getting, you're getting like blasted up and down if you're wrong and you will be wrong. Yeah. I, who, but that's kind of the fun of it, isn't it? Let people sure. blast you. No, I don't mind so, being blasted, but like I'm saying, the usual suspects and, and yes. they, you know who they are didn't come out with the usual takes on the Patriots that would have been a layup four years ago. Absolutely, and like if you just look at it, it's Brady, six point four yards per attempt facing a defense that, according to DVOA, is one of the best pass defenses so far in the NFL. A three and O Dolphins team, and they're a seven point favorite. And everybody's going to play the Patriots in DFS, and nobody wants to play the Dolphins. So I'll be stacking Tannehill, Kenny Stills. And then I'll also, you don't talk about these as stacks, but the running back defense combo, generally a pretty profitable combo if you hit it right. Oh, that's a good the idea. The Dolphins like are the very cheapest defense on FanDuel this week. What? 
They've been one of the best defenses in the NFL. They're facing a team that hasn't been good on offense, and they're $3,100 this week on FanDuel. The, Dolphin, so I, the Dolphins were number one in def- defensive DV- DV- DVOA last week, fell down to number three, jumped by Chicago and the New York Jets, who surprising number two. But, I mean, this is a good Dolphins team. Like, they're just good. Right, but – Everybody just laughs at you when you say that. No, it's the mm. Patriots. They're going to New England. They're going to, this is where New England gets right. And it might be, but if I can get those guys at that low ownership and low price, I'm going to have some Dolphin stacks. I also will have some Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry. I think Jarvis Landry is almost an autoplay at $7,000 double digit targets against the second worst pass defense in the league. And then Andrew Luck and the Colts. If Eli Manning can be good against the Texans, Andrew Luck with 75% arm strength can be good against the Texans. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. Andrew, I, I, this, the Texans line is very concerning. Like, I've watched the Colts very closely for three weeks now, and they're good. Like, they're just good. And yet, the Texans, by the way, do you see where the Texans ranked in DVOA? I did not. Okay, where would you guess that the 0 3 Texans rank in, in overall, not just defensive, overall DVOA? Well, they have so many good players. I'll say 15th. 11. Wow. They're 11 in DVOA. That makes makes no sense. I mean, I I feel like Watson, Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins are a sneaky, not like they're sneaky because they're big names, but I don't feel like you're going to see a crazy concentration on those guys against Indianapolis. They're in a dome. There's not a great pass rush for, for the, for the Colts. Um, Watson has had nice numbers his last two weeks. I could see, I mean, like a, is, is that not, I'm not good. For those who don't know, by the way, GPP means like uh, a giant ass tournament, like the millionaire maker. Yeah, it um, should be a GAT. Right. Giant ass tournament. Yeah. Uh, a GAT, if you will. Uh, but like, that's usually what I play. I don't play a bunch of cash games where you're just, you know, you got 20 people and you went 50, 50% of the people win. I usually play one big tournament per week. And that, I mean, that, that's because you're a degenerate. You, you no right. interest in just doubling your money. Like, all right, all right. I, I don't want, want to win all the money or lose all the money. All right. I don't want free money. I want action. Um, if I played Drew Brees over Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I actually placed in the, uh, the FFT listener league last week. Hey, nice work. That's better than I did last week. Very exciting. Very exciting. Yeah. Uh, I had Kamara, but, um, it, do you think there'll be a high percentage of ownership for Hopkins and, and Deshaun Watson? I use the good people at UF Collective for my ownership estimates okay. and they, their numbers have not come out yet for this week. Okay. And I'm, what I'm bad at is guessing what the ownership is going to be. I mean, I can tell you Alvin Kamara is going to be 45% owned because right. why, why wouldn't he right. be? But I, as far as, the Texans, I would guess they'll be middle of the road. I don't think they'll be super contrarian, but enough people will be excited by what they've seen. I just am curious if Hopkins or Fuller has higher ownership. Oh, that's a good call because Fuller's been going nuts. Let me ask you this. Somebody asked me about a trade. I don't want to just veer off wildly into to trade questions, but I am. I had two trades that I thought were really interesting. Uh, so my buddy, Matt Stabler, who... I don't know if Matt listens to this podcast or not. If he doesn't, I, I regret asking you about the question. He is uh, trying to make a deal to get um, Dalvin Cook, and he thinks he might have to give up Adrian Peterson and Will Fuller to get Dalvin Cook. Would you do that, yes or no? I would do that rather quickly. I That's what I said. That there's a pretty good chance, 55%, 60%, that three or four weeks from now, Adrian Peterson's on the waiver wire. Wow. And look, he's an old running back yeah. that is really 
not been efficient at all for like two and a half, three years. Do, do you know what's interesting too is that of these first three games, like I feel like 75% of Adrian Peterson's, like, and this is true for a lot of humans, but 75% of his motivation is like vengeance and spite. Cardinals are the team he last played for that cut him instead of letting him hang out with David Johnson. He hates the Packers because he was a Viking forever. And the Packers were a team that were considering uh, bringing him in. So, like, he had this motivation to go out there and really prove them wrong, but he laid a total egg against the Colts. So I, I wonder just how much he can, like, summon – he can sort of beat Father Time for, like, 60 minutes by summoning this vengeance and, and anger and all of that and running through guys. And then with Will Fuller, he's get he saw a ton of targets the last two weeks, but I just have a hard time believing he's going to be hyper efficient with those targets, um, and that we're really going to see Watson laser lock on Will Fuller, who's also injury prone, as opposed to DeAndre Hopkins. Also, we do have a problem because his next game is against the Saints, so the vengeance and spite is going to come right back for Adrian Peterson. <laughs> but after that, excellent with two weeks rest, yeah, yeah, right, right. right. Uh, no, I. I I have a lot of questions about Will Fuller, and the number one is just can he stay healthy? I hope that he can because this offense is awesome when Hopkins, Fuller, and Watson are all healthy. I think he's probably a number two wide receiver for the rest of the year. But if I can trade Adrian Peterson and a number number two wide receiver for a guy that I fully expect to be a top ten running back, I do it in a heartbeat. Mm. All right, I just texted Matt and told him to do that. Matt was hanging out at Chubby's Tacos in Raleigh, sitting next to a guy who ordered a Corona and a double Jack on the Rocks for Wednesday lunch. Pretty good life, huh? That sounds delicious. Have you had any uh, good beer lately, Heath? I mean, I'm sure you have, but anything that you would uh, recommend to our listeners? That they get, people get now, people get mad. I don't talk about beer enough on this podcast. It's very weird. I had, and this is a bit of a Homer beer take, sure, which is awesome. But Boulevard beer, I'm sure you've it's had great. Boulevard. Boulevard, yes, great. fantastic. They have come out with a barrel series last year, but now they're widely available mm. at Total Wines all over the country, and they have uh, Grand Crew. That is really good, CRU. Yeah. And they've come out with a new 12 pack that is a variety barrel series. What? Tag. Yes. How much, what's the price tag that we're looking at for this? I don't know. I haven't seen it in stores yet. They just released it on Twitter, but I've had all of the beers and they're all delicious. There's a whiskey stout in there. There's a bourbon barrel quad in there. Yeah. The bourbon barrel beer. quad is, is from Boulevard is one of the like low key best, like dark, ish beers that isn't totally a dark beer you know what i'm saying like because right. you get the bourbon barrel age and it's a quad so it's like a belgium style but you feel like you're drinking a stouty type of beer without getting the heavy rich stout which is which is nice sometimes and it, it the bourbon notes on it the last time i had it are awesome it's very good for aging i would add it is an outstanding beer uh i'll throw one out there that is also uh well it's homeristic but it's north carolina uh sycamore if you had sycamore I think I've had one Sycamore, but I don't remember which one it was. Okay, Mountain. So Sycamore just started getting distributed. It's in Charlotte. Just started getting distribution into Raleigh into like Harris Teeters and stuff and Publixes, which is fantastic news for me because I can go there and purchase those beers. Sycamore's Mountain Candy in the 16 ounce, very nice IPA, not New England style, but I'm I'm fine with that. I like I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of I mean I like the cloudy IPAs, but I'm sort of um, I'm still more of a West Coast guy. I think. Yeah, I I like both of them, and it just depends on the type of. Uh, day it is, I guess. Like, I would prefer to drink regular IPAs at night. Mm. I would prefer to drink New England IPAs at the beach. I back that. I can get down with that. Sure. Um, okay. Another trade question for you. I have a friend, uh, Josh, who, um, and I asked Dave Richard about this trade question. He said sprint to it. Josh got offered, and the guy pulled the trade off the table before he could accept it, so it's irrelevant, but he got offered Zeke Elliott and Juju Smith-Schuster for Todd Gurley. And so I think that you kind of have to take the deal after thinking about it if you get offered that. But in, trading Todd Gurley is hard, right? 
Trading Todd Gurley is hard. It is a little bit easier with his lack of usage in the passing game. Not to say that I think he's bad or not going to be good, but he's not going to be the monster that he was last year if he's getting 6 or 7% of the team's targets as opposed to nearly 20% of the team's targets. And Juju, I'm having a really hard time with him because you look at what he's done. Like the very first game of his career, he didn't get a target. He's played 16 games since then. Those numbers are top six wide receiver numbers. Yeah. And that's counting last year the games where he's playing with Le'Veon and Antonio Brown. If Bell doesn't come back, and that's starting to feel more likely than the alternative, Juju's going to be a number one wide receiver this year. Yeah. And, and by the way, I don't know, you probably haven't listened to it, and I'm certainly not offended, but yesterday's podcast with Jason Lockenfora, he says he thinks, I mean, he's basically, he wasn't reporting it in the formal sense, but discussing it with him, he thinks it's over in Pittsburgh for Le'Veon, that a trade is happening, Le'Veon is not coming back to the Steelers, there's too much that's fractured there, and that he mentioned the Eagles as a sneaky team, the Packers as a sneaky team. How would you handle from a fantasy perspective in fact, somebody literally just texted me. Could Adam? Could could Le'Veon Bell come back in November? Um, how would you handle, from a fantasy perspective, being a Le'Veon Bell owner? Are you trying to ride it out and see how this plays out, or still trying to sell high? Why? Why there's something to sell? I would give it up. For, give him up for just about anything I thought would help my fantasy team right now. Wow. I'd take a number two wide receiver. Would you trade him for Will Fuller? <laughs> that is probably like that. That's right a on great the, question. Like, good, good job, Will. Thanks. That, thanks. That's, that's right on the. Uh, that's right on the on the level. I if I had a terrible receiving core, and I had a team that wasn't three and zero, I would absolutely entertain that offer because I. We don't know how soon we're going to see him. We don't know what his role is going to be when we do see him. Mm-hmm. We don't know I, where. I'm, we don't know where we're going to see him. No. And Jason also pointed out that the Steelers could conceivably, and this I think this is really important for people who, and a lot of people drafted him with a top five pick, and you're pretty much after unless you've got James Conner too, um, that the Steelers can use, they can go to the league and get like a two-week roster exemption. And he called it a sledgehammer where they can say, Le'Veon, you're not playing. We might have to end up paying you for the two weeks, but you're not playing, and therefore it's going to decrease your value on the open market. Nobody's going to have seen you for a year, and then we're going to bench you, and we'll pay you. It'll be spite, but we're not letting you – You know, I don't know. It's just going to go poorly, I feel like. I don't understand how any player is going to sign with Le'Veon Bill's agent after mm-hmm. this done because it's, it's worked out terribly. Unless he gets traded and gets a new deal. That's I guess that's possible. Um. What, uh, quarterback wise, so I got an, I got an offer on the, would you trade Marshawn Lynch for Matt Ryan? I don't think I probably would. I don't trade, like, as I, a I don't, rule, either. I don't, I don't trade either. for quarterbacks. Okay. And Matt Ryan is a guy, I've been all over the place on Matt Ryan two years ago. I thought he was an excellent buy last year. I thought he was well overdrafted. The problem coming into this year that I saw for him was they'd thrown the ball 530 times a year the last two years. They had what I thought was a very good defense, and now that defense is completely falling apart, and he's probably a top-five quarterback the rest of the year. That's So he's not a bad guy to trade for. I just don't really trade running backs for quarterbacks. Would you trade Deion Lewis for Matt Ryan? I'd be more open to that. Okay. My, well, my thinking, too, is like you've got the – like I've got this is a team where I've got Ryan Fitzpatrick as my quarterback. It's, it's going away. Like if you, if all you have is Ryan Fitzpatrick, it's going away. And if everybody in your league is rostering two quarterbacks, would you rather give up a running back to get a guy like Matt Ryan? It's cause to me, I was, I was told Dave Richard this the other day. I think that if I was picking three quarterbacks 
the rest of the season for fantasy purposes. I'm going Mahomes one because he is a, a god and not a man. He walks on air and water. Um, and then two, the next two or three, I guess, would be uh, Big Ben, Matt Ryan, and Drew Brees. I'm worried about Aaron Rodgers' knee. I'm worried about Tom Brady's weapons. Um, and I just think that Big Ben's defense stinks. I don't think Drew Brees' defense is looking that great. He's going to end up throwing until Mark Ingram comes back at the very least. And then I think Matt Ryan's going to have to chunk the ball around because his defense stinks. I, I agree with everything you just said. Okay, cool. So, you, Especially the part about Patrick Mahomes. I mean, would you, would you, would you trade Patrick Mahomes? Where, where are you at on, like, how, what are you, where, what are you doing with Patrick Mahomes? Because I don't think anybody, nobody wants to trade him. He's putting, he's winning your league every week because he's putting up monster numbers. This is it. Okay. And I'm going to give you my professional and advice. Right. And you're a Chiefs fan. Like, <laughs> I'll give you my professional advice and then what I'm actually doing. Yeah. My professional advice is pretty much always trade quarterbacks. Yeah. Like if you can sell high on a quarterback and go get a starting running back or a starting receiver for your team in all the leagues I play, and I know it's not like this for everybody. You talked about leagues where everybody carries two quarterbacks. That's not my reality. Right. In all the leagues I play in, I can stream top 10 quarterback production. I'm very confident in that. If you're not in that type of league, it complicates the situation. Now, for me personally, I have him on three teams, and I can't imagine trading him. <laughs> <laughs> no, having said all that, I can't trade. I'm, I'm with you. I like. I bought. I have. I have a bunch of Mahomes shares. I couldn't be more excited about it. I stole him in a dynasty league last year. Um, I think the problem is like I just don't know that you would. Like if I own if I own Mahomes and he's my starting quarterback in a redraft league, I'm putting him on the trade. I'm going to every team and giving them an, an obnoxious offer, and like yeah. like like I'll give you, um, I don't know what, what like uh like I'll give you Emmanuel Sanders and Mahomes for Julio Jones. Oh yeah, or just, something. I I think a, like a a really good one is Dalvin Cook sits out again on Thursday night mm. and I'll give you pa- Patrick Mahomes and Adrian Peterson for Dalvin Cook. Who knows when Cook's going to play again? You should take this. Right. They, they probably won't, they, but they might, they might. Mahomes is the hottest name in football right now. Um, are there any other trends besides Mahomes? Like he's going to regress in the next two weeks, Monday night at home against the Broncos. Maybe he could, um, the Jaguars and then the Patriots. He's just not going to throw 14% of his passes are not going for touchdowns all season long. That would be, uh, a, a very, very good season. Are there any other <laughs> trends out there? It would be 76 touchdown season. Are there any other trends out there that, that have kind of caught your eye that you think will, um, continue, dissipate? Any, anything that you've noticed that, that you're sort of honing in on? One that I'm scared to death of is Seattle. And I was scared of Brian Schottenheimer from the start, sure. but maybe for the wrong reason, because when they've fallen behind, they've still thrown plenty. They, now we did see what happened last week when they got a lead against the Cowboys. They just ran it and ran it and ran it again. Chris Carson had 32 carries. That's what I was afraid of with Schottenheimer. I don't think the defense is good enough to where that will happen to Russell Wilson for most of the year. But what has happened to Russell Wilson so far is he has seven carries for 21 yards. That's a, that's a real problem. His value Phillip, is sunk if he doesn't, if he doesn't run. Phillip Rivers, I think, I believe has more rushing yards than Russell Wilson. Tom, right Tom Brady definitely does. Yeah. It's, so that, that would absolutely crush his value. And it's only three games. But if we go another game without Russell Wilson running, you got to get real concerned as anybody that has Russell Wilson as your starting quarterback. Mm. Uh, by the way, we're going to find out what Phillip Rivers has very quickly. Phillip Rivers has, no, unfortunately, five yards rushing on three carries for Phillip okay, Rivers. Okay, now I have to go look at which old, slow quarterback that I meant to use 
has more rushing yards wait, than how does Tom Brady also Russell have, Wilson? Oh no 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 wait, wait wait I might have read that wrong. You're nope I read that right. Three games, uh, seventeen yards, fourteen yards for uh, Tom Brady. Maybe that's him. No, 14, and that's still, it was actually Matthew Stafford. Has oh, that's right. Yeah, there you go. Well, but again, like if you drafted Russell Wilson, you invested a pretty high pick in him and you were not expecting a low rushing total, especially with that offense. Are you, oh, uh, we'll, we'll get you out of here on this. One more on the, the Seahawks. I, I, uh, I'm buying Tyler Lockett. I love Tyler Lockett. He is extremely talented. The only thing I worry about with Tyler Lockett is when Doug Baldwin comes back, what happens to his targets? Okay, well, are you buying Doug Baldwin now? I mean, like, he's got two knee injuries. Like, the good news is he didn't re-injure his other, his hurt (laughs) knee. The bad news is he has two knees. (laughs) I would buy low on Doug Baldwin, yes. Okay. But it's gotta be low. It's not anywhere close to what you were drafting at. It's not anywhere close to where he was being drafted at. Late in draft season when we knew he was hurt. Would you, would you, would you give up Keelan Cole or Chris Godwin for Doug Baldwin? I would definitely give up Keelan Cole for Doug Baldwin. I would probably give up Chris Godwin for Doug Baldwin. It would have to be a special situation if I'm, I don't think most people that own Chris Godwin right now are actually starting him. And I know it's interesting. And he, but he could have had a monster game on Monday night. A monster game. Yeah, and the reason he didn't is because he actually had a bad game on Monday yeah, that's night. Like, that's correct. Yeah, he that's had a good correct. fantasy game, but he was, he yeah, was pretty he, terrible. He dropped two touchdowns and fumbled the ball like the first on the first set of carries. It's, it was really bad. All right, uh, anything else you want to add besides telling people to check you out on Twitter at Heath Cummings Senior and uh, to, to listen to the Fantasy Football Today podcast? Watch, of course, CBS Sports HQ. Uh, Fantasy Football Today show is on at uh, noon, right? Are you? It, I, I watch a lot of HQ. It all bleeds together. What specific times can people get your advice on HQ? I am on the Fantasy Football Show Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And Mondays and Wednesdays, I get the pleasure of being on with Pete Prisco. So, like, it doesn't get any better than that. Life, that's it's you. You could be drinking a Boulevard Quad Stout, or you know, hanging out with Pete Prisco. Either one, basically. exactly. Same color too. Uh, <laughs> all right. Keep coming. Thanks, buddy.